0: don't think we've been properly introduced I'm James Bigglesworth my friends call me Biggles hello and welcome to retrospection a podcast about old films and TV shows that's right it's retro all over your face my name's Colin and quick Untie us before they realise you're not a god, you're just an American. And my name's Paul, and I've got a glitch with the mashed potatoes. In this episode, it's chocks away as we take flight with Biggles, Adventures in Time from 1986. Yeah, steady on, old boy. And before we talk about the film we're going to be discussing, we're going to talk about our Patreon page. So if you'd like to... Oh, have we got one? We do, yeah. No one seems to know. I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So... If you'd like to help us maintain this incredibly high level of quality Yeah alright And keep our old episodes online Then you can actually sponsor us at patreon.com forward slash retrospection For as little as a dollar Which is like five pence in real money What,
1: you mean pound?
0: Yeah, it's a dollar, five pence in real money That's I of, <laughs> yes, absolutely this Is this confusing you?
1: No, 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 I thought, I was just trying to think of how you could get your cabbage and stuff it in the computer I'm
0: obsessed with cabbages
1: I do mention cabbages a lot, don't I?
0: Surprisingly, for someone who's never even seen a vegetable. Oh, I've seen one. Oh, yeah, you're certain. (laughs) (laughs) From a distance, with a look of fear on your face. Well, you don't want to get too close. No, don't bring that near me. Don't know what's living in it. Anyway, yeah, so for a dollar a month, you can help us help you to entertain the world. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Pressure. All right. Yeah. Well, that's enough for the hard sell. Let's get back to the, today's film. Loosely based on Captain W. John's children's books called Biggles, which ran for 106 novels. And this year is the 50th anniversary of his death. I <laughs> just far like the mood as I usually do. All well, right, let's, let's start with some fun facts, eh? There's a fun fact, <laughs> and there's, there's some kind of event going on at the RAF Museum in London. To celebrate his death. No, he could hear, okay. Are we going to start with those terrible jokes straight away? Absolutely, why wait? Wow, all right. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. <laughs> but the film takes a very different direction from the books. It does, and it, it wasn't going to originally, was it? No, it's supposed to be more like a Raiders of the Lost Ark type adventure.
1: Mm-hmm, a bit more traditional, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, until uh,
0: Back to the Future came out.
1: So they inserted some time travel, didn't they?
0: They did. They just eased it in there.
1: Yeah.
0: I would kind of have liked to have seen a Raiders of the Lost Ark-style Biggles adventure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of get a tease of it at the end, don't you?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, the very, very end, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah, there's nothing like a tease at the end. <laughs> just the tip. Just the <laughs> A <laughs> story of the film is a daring British World War One fighter pilot, James Biggles Bigglesworth, and nineteen eighties low level business executive Jim Ferguson discover that they can time travel to each other's eras. They try to stop the Germans from changing the outcome of World War One.
1: Time travel to each other's eras?
0: Yeah, it sounds painful, but it's not. It does.
1: Yeah, it sounds a bit. It sounds disgusting, to be honest.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of goo involved. Ugh, oh, goo. The film stars Neil Dixon as Biggles, mm-hmm. Alex Hyde White as Jim Ferguson, who is the son of Wilfred Hyde White.
1: Yes, and who they appear together in uh, *Buck Rogers in the 25th Century* second season, don't they?
0: He doesn't look like his dad.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't look or sound anything like his dad. No. And in some
0: ways, I wish he did. <laughs> <laughs> Also stars Fiona Hutchison as Debbie Stevenson and Peter Cushing in his very last role as ur Commodore Colonel William Raymond.
1: It was his very very last role, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Unless you count his brief appearance in the John Deacon video.
0: Yeah, it's a weird. He just walks left to right, snapping his fingers, right? He does, and then he and then he says something at the end. Uh, I didn't manage to watch it all the way through. I just saw you, could, you and, couldn't get through it. Uh, even though I like <laughs> that song, the video is just terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah it is awful i did post it on our facebook page if anyone wants to have a look
0: okay and it stars well i say stars she features francesca as marie i know she said stars yeah <laughs> well it's funny an actress who has made a career out of playing french women even though yes she's a woman but she's not french
1: well, when you find your niche, it's important to exploit it, I think.
0: Now, the director of this is quite interesting.
1: Did you look at his credits?
0: Interestingly enough, he's the only person I don't have listed in my credits. So what's, tell me oh, about cool. the director.
1: Well, the director, he, uh, his, name's, his name is John Howe. He's still alive, actually. He's 76 years old now. Mm. And he's uh, among his credits are countless episodes of Dempsey and Makepeace.
0: Nice.
1: Um, he directed a lot of Hammer House of... Mystery and suspense.
0: Ah, interesting because Hammer put up some of the money for this film.
1: Ah, that makes a lot of sense actually, because yeah. he also directed Watcher in the Woods and the great Hammer classic Twins of Evil.
0: Yeah, you use the word "great" in a very strange way, but okay.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it's a very good film. It is, and I'm sure we'll, we, we, we've actually talked about doing it, haven't we, for the podcast?
0: Have we? Probably, we well. have. You, you try and squeeze a Hammer film in every season
1: i try and squeeze a hammer film in as much as i possibly can
0: yeah music is by some bloke called stannis Lass- do you know how that's his last name
1: i don't but i just thought for a second you're just gonna lead with that oh music's by some bloke <laughs> <Music's> by-
0: <laughs> well i don't know who he is but it's prefer his music's by Stanislas last <laughs> We'll he's that. nice he's I mean, starts I po- to see
1: we're as, we're as cutting edge as, uh, as we are. I apologise
0: if that's pronounced incorrectly. You know he's listening. You
1: know he's going to be offended.
0: Well, going off the music, I assume he's deaf. <laughs> 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 There's
1: nothing wrong with the music in this movie.
0: No, no. two Well, the f- main theme is excellent. Mm-hmm. The end theme by the Immortals mm-hmm. is good. But there is one that plays constantly during some of the flight sequences, uh-huh. which is truly appalling.
1: <laughs> Would it be something about looking for a baby?
0: Yeah, it doesn't even... The lyrics, you know how we often talk about films and the music tells you what's going on in the film. This has mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with the film.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll discuss it when we get
0: there. Yeah. The, <laughs> those, that track and the main theme are performed by John Anderson of Yes fame. Hmm. And then there are tracks by Deep Purple, Motley Crue during the actual film.
1: Yeah, in very odd places. I mean, the the um the Deep Purple one in particular. They just use the
0: introduction to it. That's right. Yeah. And don't use the rest of the song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, there's a fun credit at the end of the film. It says made on location in New York, London. And the Western Front, 1917. Oh, that's witty. One of those is a lie. <laughs> and it's New York.
1: I was just thinking, I bet it's the New York,
0: isn't
1: it? <laughs> I would presume that this was predominantly shot in uh, London.
0: Yeah, the New York <laughs> things don't look like they're in New York to me.
1: I think there's a lot of stock footage of New York, in it?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, they're flying, yeah, that stuff. But mm-hmm. when they're actually, he's getting out of the car in his apartment and things like that, I'm pretty convinced that's just... Somewhere in London.
1: Or oh, Bradford. <laughs> maybe.
0: Maybe. He's in Hull. Uh. Uh. Um, Dixon later reprised his Biggles character in Pretty Much All But Name in the Pet Shop Boys 1987 feature film, It Couldn't Happen Here. Have <laughs> you ever tried to watch that? No, I haven't. I should have done.
1: Oh, you shouldn't.
0: Okay. Well, not good, huh? oh made me ill and you're a big pet shop boys fan well i am yeah you are aren't you?
1: yeah they're all right okay but that that movie's just oh it's navel gazing for its own sake
0: is it just about them
1: it's not about anything oh as far as i could tell
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right before we get into the film let's listen to the trailer
2: Eleven sixteen exactly. Must be a mistake. It should have happened by now.
0: Let's move. Jim. I'm James Bigglesworth. My friends call me Biggles. Jim Ferguson. Come on. what
2: the hell are we doing here? What's going on? You mean that was nineteen seventeen? Time travel is not unknown in history. Why me? I think Biggles is your time twin. You again? I want some answers.
1: Quick, untie us! Get us out of here before they start
0: realizing you're not a god, you're just an American!
2: This is getting crazier, you know.
0: Debbie, stay away, you gotta stay away. Ah!
2: Come on, Ferguson! I told you, I keep going back to 1917. I have no idea. It's that hole in time, it keeps happening to me. Apparently, the hole in time goes both ways. It opens when one or the other is in mortal danger. Let's show the sausage guzzle what this thing can do. let's kick some out Biggles, the adventure begins one step back in time
1: well that tells you everything you need to know doesn't it
0: certainly did, love it mm-hmm. alright, anything you want to add before we leap, fly chocks away into the film
1: um, only, I've just got the usual um, list of people that that they looked into trying to be in this movie. Dudley Moore at one point was touted to play Biggles.
0: I'm pretty sure you just say Dudley Moore for every film we ever do.
1: I don't think I've mentioned Dudley Moore before, have I? Everything.
0: <laughs> when, we, when we did the Highlander one, you were like, Dudley Moore was meant to be in this.
1: They wanted him to play Biggles, but they also were looking into people like James Fox and um, Jeremy Irons.
0: Okay. I, yeah. I think Dixon's mm. a good choice. So do I. I can yeah. see Timothy Dalton doing it.
1: Yeah, but I think Dixon works because you don't know who he is. Ah, uh, good point. But other than that, no, we can crack on if you like.
0: All right. So we begin with flying shots of the Statue of Liberty.
1: Some good old uh, stock footage. mm mm-hmm.
0: and, and actually, watching it, I'm pretty... Sh- I, I wish I'd checked this first, but I wondered if it was stock footage from... Isn't there a film called Remote, Unarmed and Dangerous?
1: yeah and for some yeah. reason,
0: I got a feeling the footage is from that film, but I don't know what the time is, or so maybe it's not. It just felt very familiar It's funny
1: that because it felt familiar to me as well, and I was wondering whether it was stock footage from Highlander
0: ah okay well but again i've not I've not checked the the the, the time, time scales time, but okay. let's agree it's stock footage oh
1: yeah, it's stock footage
0: <laughs> and lightning creates a big old title. And then we fly past New York buildings and we get the credits and boy do we get some great music.
1: Oh, it's a fantastic theme tune. Mm-hmm. I think I know every single word to it.
0: Uh oh. You're not gonna
1: sing it, are you? No, I'm not no I'm no, I'm not gonna inflict that on anyone, but okay. I sing along usually at home whenever. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't tell me you don't. You probably do a little dance as
0: well, don't you? Oh, do a big dance, not a little dance. <laughs> oh yeah. Push the furniture to one side, dear. Absolutely. Coffee table's over. Actually, I'm on the coffee table. Oh, God. I like the height.
1: Do you? mm mm-hmm. Oh, I know you like to look down on things. So.
0: Yep, like co-hosts. <laughs> <What>? Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim arrives home. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Jim's our lead character, as I pointed out, it's Jim Ferguson. Yes. Yes. And he's driven by his, I guess she's his girlfriend. I know she's his work colleague, but she's his girlfriend too, right, you'd say? Uh, yeah,
1: they just co-work, co-workers that like each other. Mixing but business having... with pleasure. Yeah, you should never do that. No, no, never
0: shit on yeah. your own doorstep. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so she's driving. He would like her to... Come into his apartment, but she tells him that he has a presentation to write for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And as I say, we're clearly not in New York. No, and
1: he's wearing the reddest jacket that you've ever seen.
0: There's some interesting clothing choices in this film. Oh, I, yes, I'm going to wa- discuss them. I'm going to discuss them. <laughs> as I watched it, I was like, oh, Paul's going to mention that. Oh, he's going to notice that. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, not surprised. Unseen <laughs> by them, Peter Cushing, who we'll later know as Colonel Raymond, is watching them from the shadows.
1: Now he just brings class into anything that he's in, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he does actually. Even if he's not saying anything, just him standing there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's. Um, you can't help but think to yourself when you watch this that you know it's quite sad that this was his last role. But and he was clearly unwell when he did this. Yeah. But he still he still brings it, doesn't he? Yeah, he he brings it all right. He does. Yeah. He's a. Fa- you know, he's he's a fantastic prop actor as well.
0: Yeah, you've, you've, you, yeah, you've told us in the other film with Peter Cushing in it.
1: We haven't done a Peter Cushing. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we did yeah. Doctor Who, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, well he is. Mm. <laughs> you are accusing me of repeating myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was months ago. I can't
0: remember that far back. <laughs> well, I'll keep you on your toes. All right, thank you. It's good that you're here. Yeah. So, well, it is. It'd be just silence. It's me talking to myself. Yeah, saying stuff you said months ago.
1: <laughs> A bit like being at home, really.
0: Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Jim enters his apartment. Raymond follows him into the building and buzzes his door. And Raymond appears to know who he is and asks him if he's okay. Does anything strange happened? Now, Jim doesn't know what he's talking about. Doesn't let him in. Enter. Why would you? Strange man asking you if you're okay.
1: Yeah, a strange man knocks on your door, asks if anything strange has happened to you, and then says, "Can I come in?" <laughs> You're like, yeah, well, this is top of the list so far. Now, are you sure nothing strange has happened to you?
0: <laughs> now, what happens if Jim said, "Yeah, come on in"? Would raven has gone? Um, oh, hold on. <laughs> uh,
1: this is taking a turn. Yeah, isn't this isn't right.
0: <laughs> you sure you want ask a complete stranger, old guy, into you? Yeah, oh, okay.
1: Especially one that's got an ominous theme tune that appears whenever he appears.
0: Right, that's true, he does. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Raymond asks Jim for the time, and he remarks Mm -hmm. that, oh, it should have happened by now. And Jim's really confused, he doesn't know what the guy's talking about, so he asks him to leave and just closes the door.
1: At his age, he's probably talking about a bowel movement.
0: Aren't we all? (laughs) I'm doing one right now. Oh, keep that camera upright. Jim sits down and starts to record his presentation on the biggest tape recorder I've ever seen. You know, I wrote that down as well. <laughs> Look uh, at the size of that tape recorder. <laughs> oddly, and this is something I've noticed in 80s films, Jim doesn't take his jacket off or his shoes. This is true, no, he doesn't, does he? No. Like, but it's when... a good thing he doesn't,
1: really, Well, considering what's coming. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but when you get in, do you keep your shoes and your jacket on?
1: I'm lucky if I keep my pants on.
0: They were lucky you put them on before you went out in the first place, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. Okay. (laughs) A couple more years. (laughs) Oh, right. Something to look forward to for everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. The neighbours are going to love it.
0: So there's a crackle of lightning. Lights flash on and off in his apartment. And then Jim is suddenly standing in mud in the outside. He looks around. You can hear a sound getting louder. A biplane flies overhead and crashes upside down into the ground. Now, did you see this on a Blu-ray? I did. Do you have interviews on your Blu-ray?
1: I think so, but I haven't watched them.
0: Okay, so I watched the interview and and Neil Dixon says that it wasn't actually supposed to crash, it was supposed to land perfectly. But the biplane is attached to a crane and Mm it flew over Neil and as it went past, the the cable snapped and the biplane crashed into the ground and it was the only one they had. <laughs> so then they had to figure out how to get around it. And they did it as like being that it actually crashed and helped mm-hmm. them out. I did read
1: that they, that they, they tried to make the plane in this bit as authentic looking as they possibly could.
0: it looks pretty good
1: until it crashes. Obviously. Well, I didn't
0: even know it was on a crane until I saw the interview. You didn't? No. I always presumed it was on a crane. Why would you presume it's on a crane? It's a plane. Why can't it fly?
1: Well, it's quite close to him. It's a bit dangerous. It's the
0: 80s. No one gave a (laughs) shit.
1: Well, clearly not if it snapped and nearly flattened him. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's a good shot, though.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the pilot asks for a hand, and Jim drags him out. And the pilot says, hurry up. They'll start the whiz-bangs in a moment. Yes. So explain what a whiz-bang is, then. Oh, it's what you do on a Friday night. (laughs)
1: No, that's that's that's
0: not a whiz-bang. Oh, no, that's a damp squib, sorry.
1: <laughs> are you there? Were you there? I hear the sound of disappointment. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand that.
0: <laughs> uh, Whiz-bangs are artillery fire. They're what? Artillery fire, explosions. Artillery, fire. ah, right, yes. okay, okay. I knew that. I was just asking for clarification for the listeners. Because of the sound they make. They whiz and then they bang. It was, okay. it was, it was simple times in the early 1900s. A <laughs> good old whiz-bang. Yeah. Not to be confused with a finger bang, obviously. What's one of There's those some... then? <laughs> Oh, suddenly you're not describing. Okay. So he <laughs> urges Jim to move his explosion step, pounding the earth. And then, mm-hmm. boom, his plane goes up. It does. It goes. It goes up. It does. It certainly does. And the uh, pilot is annoyed because it means that his camera is gone. And he introduces himself. He says, "I'm James Bigglesworth, but my friends call me Biggles." Jim, still bewildered, introduces himself and hands Biggles a business card for celebrity dinners.
1: He says he's bewildered, but he's taking all this rather well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess although it could he's,
1: just he's, be that the Alex Hyde White's performance is a bit wooden.
0: I think he's underplaying. That's what he's doing. He's, he's not going, you think... oh, 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 what's going on? He's like, okay, this is strange, but I'm taking it in. You know, he's underplaying the moment. But he underplays the whole film, though, doesn't he? Because uh, Neil Dixon overplays it as Biggles, so it balances them out perfectly.
1: You think that's what they're doing?
0: That's what they're doing, exactly. It's it's okay. acting 101.
1: Oh, right, okay. I didn't realise I was going to get acting lessons from Alex Hyde-White tonight. So... <laughs> Who did? <laughs> Well, he's clearly never had any. So,
0: <laughs> you really don't like him in this film? I just think he's a bit—he's
1: not—he's not really leading man material, is he?
0: Was this his first film? It was, right? I, think it's his uh, first I guess film. so. Yeah,
1: I guess so. Yeah, he's just a bit bland and a bit—you know—there's underplaying and then there's underplaying. Okay. And he's—you know—he.
0: Hmm. I mean, he's okay. All right. Wow. We've got him around to okay. That's all right. We'll leave it there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to
0: leave it at okay. Uh, Biggles realises that Jim is an American and comments that, oh, your uniform must be on the way because obviously Jim's dressed in 80s clothing, although dressed in 80s clothing that I never saw anybody actually wear in the 80s. I
1: had a red jacket.
0: Oh, did you really?
1: I did. Don't you remember my red jacket?
0: I tried to block it out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that jacket. not got it anymore?
1: No, I got paint on it years ago. I'd fit in it
0: now. Right. Oh, okay. At this point, Jim wonders what's going on, but as he turns, he finds himself back in his apartment. The place is now strewn with papers and he's mm-hmm. covered in mud. Mm-hmm. He's covered in mud? Yeah, he's still covered in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Jim exits his car and hears gunfire. He dives into the ground. Oh, but it turns out to just be a jackhammer from a construction crew.
1: Now, now here he's wearing um, a black turtleneck, um, awesome. brown uh, driving gloves.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And a cream raincoat.
0: Oh yeah, he's wearing. The, but underneath the cream raincoat, he's wearing a nice—is it brownie beige jacket suit jacket type with a black handkerchief, right?
1: He's pretty much dressed like Alan Partridge, isn't
0: he? I don't know. I kind of like it. Yeah. Oh, you
1: are going for that look? Kind of like it. I actually do own some black turtlenecks, you know.
0: Okay, Archer. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> I might get myself a rain mag. Yeah? Yeah.
0: And then you could just walk around Reading in your black turtleneck <laughs> and yeah. Your... Yeah, you won't get... <laughs> I won't get what? Mug to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I'd look dapper
0: is the correct word. It is. It? Uh, so he enters his workplace, and his co-workers start to complain about the photo for the promotional. It's a bit risque. So we should point out that um, Jim works, or he manages, not quite sure, a company mm-hmm. called Celebrity Dinners that do TV dinners that are sponsored or have some connection to celebrities,
1: yeah, because there's cardboard cutouts of people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, uh, Clint Eastwood everywhere, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it's a very it's a very vague concept.
1: I mean, do, do they have to pay for these to use these likenesses? You'd presume that they would.
0: Yeah, right. These endorsements.
1: It's going to cost a fortune to run this business.
0: Absolutely. And TV dinners, eighties, weren't they? Like not a thing anymore by then.
1: I, I you know what? I don't think I've ever eaten a TV dinner. Funnily enough,
0: really, yeah. You mean really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no reason. <clears throat> well, you, get, you don't get very big portions, do you? Oh, we could eat more than one, <laughs> I suppose. Who'd do that? You'd never be off the crapper, would you? <laughs> I suppose <not. laughs> well, you could eat both while on the crapper, and it would solve that problem. One on each knee, yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> well, you're having to think about it now, right? Yeah, staring wistfully off into the distance. Yeah. Mm. So, one of his co-workers, Chuck, talks about his new project. A TV meal fronted by a starlet, each one with a different woman, and advertised on the Playboy channel. So, Chuck's a bit of an idiot, right?
1: Yeah, you see, he's played by William Hootkins, isn't
0: he? Yeah, am I supposed to know who that is?
1: Oh, you certainly should. Why? He's in so many uh movies from, from...
0: <laughs> I hope you're, I you furiously I M D B because you know what my next question's going to be.
1: Oh yeah, i yeah. He's in so many particularly movies from when we were kids. Okay. <clears throat> he played um uh Major Eaton in Razor of the Lost Ark. He played uh Monson in Flash Gordon. Wow. Monson Okay. Remember Munson? Nope. Dives under the plane. He's Zarkov's...
0: Oh, he's Zarkov's assistant, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yes.
1: He played Lieutenant Eckhart in Batman. Oh, okay. And he played a character called Harry Howler in Superman IV: The Quest for Peace.
0: Well, I take it all back. This this guy's great. I didn't realize he is. he'd been on all these films. Okay, and I, huh. I I am wrong. He is a great great little character actor. I say little. He. Yeah, yeah. he's great, but he's a, an annoying fucker in this film. <laughs> But he is meant to be, so...
1: I think he's supposed to be comic relief, but he's not really that funny, is he?
0: No, he's just irritating. And he gets yeah, more irritating written, as the film goes on. hmm mm-hmm. uh, So his other co-worker, Bill, wants Jim to, well, chock-chock. Uh, but Chuck's father owns the bank that's fronting the money for this venture.
1: But he, he says that he comes up with a, a slogan for these TV dinners, Munch a starlet tonight. <laughs> Wait,
0: <laughs> I wonder if Chuck was based on somebody I know. I don't know what you mean. It's just some kind of familiarity about it. Hmm. Okay.
1: Maybe they they employed real time travel.
0: Oh. No, because... No. Then the film would be better. (laughs) You wouldn't release this, would you? She had time travel ability if she worked on a film. (laughs) Oh...
1: I'm sure some people like
0: it. Yeah, I'm sure some people do. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Some people.
0: (laughs) As Jim sorts through his office paperwork, Colonel Raymond approaches. As the two of them talk, there's a a lovely reflection in the office glass of the boom mic swinging between the two of (laughs) them. Yes, I noticed that. (laughs) Ah, Lovely.
1: (laughs) You think they didn't catch that till uh, till later?
0: Probably. And then they're like, eh, no one's going to see it more than once. It's just on the cinema. We don't have video. Who cares?
1: (gasps) Oh, no. I mean, no no one saw it. I mean, literally no one saw it. Did they?
0: I guess not. <laughs> I didn't get any figures for box office results. There weren't any on the pages I looked at. I mean, what, would you want them public? No. no. I, guess it, I bet it's made money eventually, though. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's got a massive cult following now, hasn't
0: it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Raymond asked Jim if he hurt his head, helping a man get out of a burning plane because Jim's got a, a plaster where he hurt himself earlier. Mm -hmm. And he he keeps continuing to ask if Jim rescued the pilot and he shows Jim a card and this reveals that he's Commander Raymond from British Air Intelligence and that he lives in Tower Bridge. (laughs) He does, doesn't he? That's a weird place to live, isn't it? It is, but it's a nice apartment when you see it. Oh, it's lovely inside, yes. Mm, I'd live there. Yeah. It's actually the headquarters for the St. John's Ambulance. Is it really? Mm, Apparently, one of their buildings. Yeah. Oh right.
1: Uh, I, I had to laugh at how um, British he is. This character. He's um, because when he's not getting much back from um, from Alex Hyde White, he just um, retorts, "Oh, this is so very awkward."
0: You use that a lot. That phrase. I use that a lot. When, when you walk well, into he... the women's toilets. <laughs> I've only done that once. <laughs> the fact that you admit you only done it once is amusing to me. But okay, did you actually say, "Oh, this is so very awkward"?
1: I think I actually think I went, "Oh bollocks!"
0: But oh, okay. they're very similar. Very similar retorts. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. One has class. One has class. The there was no class. Never other any class you. here. Yeah,
1: that <laughs> oh, is true. Though I did walk into the women's toilets once. Hmm
0: and that's what you you're sticking to that story right <laughs> seriously it was an accident i think we we're in a restaurant the location doesn't make it any better i think i was a bit drunk oh, what a surprise <laughs> <laughs> moving on all right uh raymond urges jim to explain what happened and then raymond says oh you were in the western front in 1917 and Jim reveals that he managed to save Biggles, the pilot, and then suddenly found himself back in his room. Raymond asks him about the camera, but Jim tells him the plane blew up before the camera was collected. Now Bill interrupts him at this point to tell Jim that he has a glitch in the mashed potatoes. He does. It's a great line, isn't it? Yeah. I hate it when you have a glitch in your mashed potatoes.
1: It happens more often than you think, you know. Does it? you don't get the ratio of milk to mashed potato right
0: isn't it milk to potato that are not mashed yet (laughs) chef woodward chef woodward in town (laughs) (laughs) see we've got it covered now you know i'll do the clothing you do the food okay as long as it's like mashed potatoes and doesn't move above that level we're okay (laughs) and and you don't move above 80s fashion we've got it that's all you need. Yeah, in life. It is. Should be a motto. Yeah, I've, I've lived my whole life by that creed. Ma- mashed potatoes and 80s clothes. Absolutely. Yeah. Jim asks him to wait and demands to know from Raymond, what the hell is going on? Raymond tells him something else will happen and that Jim should meet him in London. And then Raymond leaves. Mm-hmm. Now we move later and Jim is at the celebrity dinner presentation, which, come on, it looks lame, right? What's with the jungle theme?
1: Yeah, there's like a... Um... Someone's swinging on a vine or something, isn't there? Above a a pond.
0: And there's plants and trees everywhere. What's that got to do with TV dinners? Or celebrities? Yeah, I don't know. know. Do you think it's whatever
1: the production could cobble together at the time?
0: Look at these plants. Let's just grab these. (laughs) I think that's probably
1: what it is. Does New
0: York have plants? I don't know. I'll just do it.
1: Did you notice the shot before we cut into the the inside of the building? It's that uh, usual spinning shot of New York. I mean, that that nothing says jet set more than that, does it?
0: That's what I see every time I leave for work in the morning.
1: <laughs> I know usually what you see when you pass out, isn't it?
0: That is true. Mm. <laughs> um, so Debbie tells him that the buyer from National Mercers has arrived at the presentation. Mm-hmm. This woman's very sniffy about Jim's product.
1: She does. She Doesn't she say that the sweet corn looks like dog puke?
0: She does, and then Jim eats it and says, "Oh, this is the finest dog puke your customers have ever tasted."
1: That's what you got to gotta do. You got to you got to own it.
0: You got to own it. You got to sell it.
1: Mhm. Even mm-hmm. if it is TV yeah.
0: dinners, way after mm. TV dinners were a thing,
1: or dog puke.
0: Or dog puke. Dog puke is mm. always a thing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it is in your life, I would imagine.
0: Well, let's just clarify that I have a dog. Otherwise, that sounds <laughs> <Yes>. very weird. <laughs> Regular listeners will know that you've got a dog. Okay. Uh, as he samples the delightful cuisine, he's engulfed mm-hmm. in the blue light, and he throws himself behind a bar, and then the next second, he's sitting in a biplane. He is. Biggles clambers up, and he's surprised to see him. You're assigned to the wrong plane. This is a one-way mission. But then he says, oh, just, just we're going on this secret mission, but just sit in the back with
1: the big gun. You know, I'll trust you. Bloke I've just met.
0: Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. He's probably thinking, ah, oh, I need a hand. I don't know who this guy is, so if he dies, I'm not going to be too upset. (laughs) Oh! That's very very dark. Yeah, so that's why he brings him along. He just tells him to put a helmet on, and they take off. Right, okay, okay. Meanwhile, across enemy lines, a German pilot called Eric von Stolhein climbs into his plane. He places a metal helmet and a visor on, which I'm convinced does not help you when you're flying
1: a biplane. Ah, no, you say this, but didn't the Red Baron actually do something like this? No. Are you sure? I'm sure i read somewhere that he he, he would wear a metal
0: helmet. I, I find that very surprising, because one of the things you need when flying a biplane is vision of everything around you.
1: I could also be confusing actual history with my uh, warlord. Big book of <laughs> Action big book force of figures.
0: Action force figures. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is that, was it Baron Ai on Blood by any chance? <laughs> Are you confusing Manfred von Richthofen with Baron Ironblood? Isn't that a thing? That's a thing, isn't it? No. Because no. that's why they, they constantly have to look around. That's why they wore silk scarves. Oh, go on. Tell me. Well, one, it's cold, where the, at the altitude they're flying at. Mm-hmm. But also, because they keep turning around all the time to make sure there's no one behind them or coming from above or below... The clothing would wear away the skin until it was bleeding around the neck. So they wore silk scarves so the neck was soothed and not hurt by the constant turning. Because you have to keep twisting around and looking. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, there you go. Educational and comedic. One or the other. You choose which one happens. (laughs) You don't get both. A bit, a bit like those 80s choose-your-own-adventures. <laughs> yeah, except there's no cheating in this. You can't flip through the page and go, oh, shit, I'm dead, go back.
1: Uh, I think our one would be more, oh, if you want humour, turn to page 80, and then you turn to page 80, and there isn't a page 80. It's been ripped out. It's been ripped out. <laughs> go back to page 60. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice that these, um that, that, that what we get in this film are actual real planes.
0: yes. Yes, yes, and let's be honest—the flying sequences are fantastic.
1: Oh, they are. Yeah, they're, they're, because they're they're real.
0: Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And and at one point, I guess um, Alex Hyde White goes up in the plane, and they film from the pilot's viewpoint to him while mm-hmm. the plane is doing a loop the loop.
1: Mm-hmm. He doesn't look too happy about
0: it, does he? <laughs> Would you? Not really. Not you sat in that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that kind of shot since uh, Wings.
1: Oh, that's, that's uh, which is, one uh, for us, one for our cinephiles, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, which has a lot of footage of actual actors in planes, flying by planes mm-hmm. and blowing people up.
1: I think you should explain what Wings is. That, you know, we're not talking about the dodgy Paul McCartney group from the 70s. Oh, the
0: 1990 TV series. Oh, the 1990? Yes, do you know yeah, like I do. comedy series? Yes. No. no, we're not talking about that, no. Yeah, so we're talking about Wings from 1927, which is an Academy Award-winning film. Actually, I think the first Academy Award-winning film for Best Picture.
1: Oh, mm-hmm.
0: It's a silent film, but it's very good.
1: Do you know what? I bet, I bet um, old Mr. Ho, who directed this film, would be gratified to hear you comparing Wings to Biggles.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I actually compared them, <laughs> <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Oh, he'd take it. Trust me, he'd take it. <laughs>
1: okay. Wouldn't but, you? Yeah. If you directed this? Yeah.
0: But it is good. Oh, it's, it's good, good. Yeah, yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. So Biggles yells at Jim to shoot back because Von Stolhein is now giving chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gun jams. Biggles tries to outrun him. And he's yelling at Jim, what do they train you for? And Jim replies, cooking. <laughs> Which is it's... a funny line, but... Is he a chef now? Well,
1: I suppose in his mind he is.
0: Like, who makes these TV dinners? Him? I thought he was the business manager. Like, the only yeah, manager but I mean, you,
1: you, you, you want to make yourself sound more important to the guy you've just met.
0: Ah, so you think he's lying to Biggles?
1: Yeah, I mean, Biggles is clearly more of a man than what he is, isn't he?
0: Okay, yeah. yeah so. so they fly really low along the ground amongst the trees, and the von Stahlheim fires a flur into the air. They're not a pair of pants. Don't get excited lots <laughs> of germans he's flapping with... around yes <laughs> <laughs> covers his face up oh no from the tiny visor is the only place i can see <laughs> where's he from uh, he's from Italy. is he welsh is he oh, welsh he is, yeah yeah he's parent hey, boy, or... no no his parents uh... <laughs> are oh he's all oh, right okay yeah you don't know that it happens all the time ah it's, okay it's the, it's the welsh von stolheinz
1: uh, the, yes, of course, yeah, yes.
0: His mum was Gladys von Stolheim. Gladys was. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: all right, okay, all right, I'll take that. I actually wasn't attempting an accent, and then it slid into one. That's why it went weird. It's slow,
1: so easy to slide into a German sometimes, isn't
0: it? Apparently, it's it's all the uh, first. You started it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were going to
1: carry on with it, though. <laughs> I just thought you were going to roll your eyes at me.
0: Not no, usually do. <laughs> no. uh, so this Fleur alerts the Germans with a new weapon that Biggles is mm-hmm. in range and they start the weapon up. Biggles, meanwhile, is taking photographs, mm-hmm. not like holiday snaps. He's actually photographing the weapon. Yes, he says, yes. those big selfies. <laughs> 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 He's got a selfie stick. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is me over the uh, enemy lines. Just in the
1: background, you just see
0: the other guy screaming. Yeah, and then in the little (laughs) corner, just slightly out of focus is the weapon. (laughs) I'm not sure we could use this, Biggles. Yeah, I thought you knew what we were doing. Do it again. So the weapon starts to affect the plane. The plane shakes, and there's a pulsing sound. Biggles tries more altitude and manages to pull out of range. But the cameras come loose. Biggles tells Jim to take the controls so he can reach it. But as soon as Jim takes over, because he's a chef, business manager, he's not a pilot, mm-hmm. he loses control. And now we, we we get some nice shots. This is where we get shots of Alex Hyde White in the plane as it loops over. Mm-hmm. Very good. Big Ols mm-hmm. grabs the camera and takes over the controls, and he lands the plane back at the airfield. Now, this German
1: secret weapon, mm-hmm. they're a bit hazy in what it can do,
0: aren't they? Well, it uses sound.
1: Mm-hmm. To
0: I mean, shake aircraft. Yeah. Later on, it becomes more impressive.
1: It does, and then goes back to just shaking aircraft.
0: But it also only has a certain range. You can fly over it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And does I'm sure at the end, not to not to spoil things, they literally fly right up to it, don't
0: they? <laughs> ah, but in a modern, uh, in a in oh, a modern, you think uh, that
1: matters? Uh, uh, di- ah, absolutely, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll take that. I just, it just at one point it's it's just making a plane wobble a bit, and then later it's burning people's faces off. So,
0: yeah, it's got a like a, a medium setting and a high setting. It's like a oh, microwave. is that what it is? It's like a microwave. It literally is, is like a microwave. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he had it on. Oh, you know, again, ten more like, minutes. It's not done yet. Yeah, you know, you get those microwaves <laughs> that have those presets like popcorn, pizza. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You think
1: that's what they were going for?
0: They had it set on popcorn, and then later on they put it to pizza.
1: It's unusual for Germans, isn't it? I mean, they're usually so efficient.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or well, maybe this weapon was made somewhere else and they're just using it.
1: Could be, could be.
0: Let's be honest. It is strange how they suddenly have this technology. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> and also, if they have this technology and Raymond says he has, this could change the course of World War One from what we know, mm-hmm. how did they get... This technology in the first place that's suddenly changing the course of World War One from what we know.
1: That, that's the whole thing with time travel isn't it? It's a paradox.
0: Yeah but this is a weird paradox because it's already happened. They've already lost World War I. So why is him going back? Why does he have to go back?
1: Because he always went back. So they always would have lost World War I, regardless, because so he, always, he always went back.
0: Okay, so they've always had this modern, like, seems modern, with ceramic tiles and all sorts yeah. of technology. So this
1: stuff in the past with Biggles and with the American guy always happened.
0: And if it doesn't happen, then the Germans will win World War I.
1: Yeah, but, like, you could argue with anything with time travel, the outcome was always going to happen, because it's all happened. We just haven't caught up to the point where he's gone back yet. Okay. From right. our point
0: of view. I'm happy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jim slowly clambers out the plane and suddenly is flung back into the present, still holding the negative. Mm-hmm. So what he touches... People's reactions.
1: People, sorry, people's reactions. Look at him like he's mad. I mean, they saw the blue lightning hit him.
0: And they see that he's completely different, like covered in mud and shit and carrying something. Mm. So yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why people think it's all delusional and in his mind. They saw it's, it's what happened. The it's the 80s. Right. So also, what he touches goes through time with him.
1: Seems to be, doesn't it? Because later on he brings a gun forward in time with him, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: he does. Wait, yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. All right. Happy with that. As he scrambles to his feet, all covered in mud, soot and dirt, like you said, the people at presentation are astounded for some reason. Mm -hmm. Jim runs out the building. Where are you going, Debbie yells at him. London, he replies. Just like that. Yeah. And we cut to plane landing at Heathrow.
1: Yes, more stock footage.
0: (laughs) We're now at Tower Bridge. And now he's wearing a a rather
1: fetching combination of uh, the bluest trousers you've ever seen. (laughs) Are um, They're like tracksuit trousers, aren't they?
0: Yeah. My next note (laughs) says... So are you going to mention what he's wearing at this point? <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah. And he has a brown fedora hat. He does,
1: and um, hiking boots.
0: And a scarf and a brown leather jacket.
1: Oh, he's, he's trying to blend in, obviously. With who, Kajagoogoo? <laughs> but well, they were big then. Yeah, I It
0: would have been all so. right.
1: All right. Well, later well, they, they blend in with um, some punks that are walking around, don't they? That's so. true,
0: that's true. So he knocks on the door of Tower Bridge and he enters and he goes past Victorian flywheel and machinery which are turning Mm -hmm. not sure why because the bridge isn't going up
1: Mm -hmm. don't question
0: it okay he climbs a ladder how does he know where he's going (laughs) yeah that's true I mean all he's got is a card isn't it yeah I'd be stood there going the hell who lives here where am I supposed to go hello (laughs) it'd be an hour of the film just me wandering around going hello (laughs) anybody here so he he goes up a ladder and he knocks on a door and Raymond asks him to come in. Right, it's a mm-hmm. cosy room filled with material from World War One.
1: Yeah, and a bird,
0: a crow, right, or a raven or something. Like yeah. That nature. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Does does he just keep it on that perch for the whole time?
0: Yeah, that's not much fun for the bird, is it?
1: No, I mean later on you get you, as he's talking you see the bird shit on the floor. Have you seen the film? <laughs> He's making a dirty protest, is he?
0: Yeah, maybe he hasn't paid enough.
1: Yeah, he's, he's going to have words with
0: that agent. Yeah. Mm. So Jimmy's angry. He demands that Raymond stop what's going on. He has a business to run. People depend on him. Raymond asks him <laughs> not to shout. Mm-hmm. Jim asks, why did you pick me? And Raymond points out that he didn't. He explains that the pilot is Biggles and he has a team called Ginger, Algie and Bertie.
1: The most British names you could ever here
0: <laughs> yes yes raymond gives the card that jim gave to biggles he explains that jim is time traveling to 1917 but he doesn't know why and he says that biggles is jim's time twin
1: when he says it the music m- the
0: music goes <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, i don't know what's going on oh by the way you're his time twin He's like oh so yeah. you do know what's going on then?" yeah but you just don't <laughs> know do you- the details how do you figure all this out he just pulled the phrase time twin out of his ass, did he?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, you're making this up as you go along, aren't you? He's like, no, 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 no.
0: Jim asks <laughs> if he has anything stronger than tea. Mm-hmm. Because you would at this point, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So Jim hands over the negative that he took from the biplane. Mm-hmm. Raymond says, it's, very, it's
1: a very uh, good photograph, considering it's uh, quite old, isn't it?
0: Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, they, they they actually did take great photographs. Some of those glass negatives are beautiful. All right. <laughs> no, really, the quality is quite good, really. Surprisingly. All right, I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Raymond says that the time has come for action. He hands over a bag. He almost has a stroke picking it up, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a heavy bag. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Yes yeah. Jim asks if there's any way you can get out of this. Raymond says no. If the Germans do develop the weapon... Then they'll win the First World War. Time will be altered, and Jim will become some kind of time orphan. It's uh, nice and <laughs> vague. <laughs> that is like, Wait, so he was a time twin, but he could be a time orphan. There's a lot of fam, you know, family stuff going on here. What? How does that work? Why would he become a time orphan?
1: You'd think he'd know more about it, considering he's been Doctor Who, wouldn't you? You would?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think he's keeping it vague on purpose. I bet he really knows.
1: Oh, you, you think he's uh, he's playing it cool, do you think?
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, if you really knew what happened, you'd be shits good. You wouldn't go. Because your arms would be ripped off. Your insides would be turned out. <laughs> so we'll just say time off and okay? Alright. It's less less blood and guts. Less Yeah, <laughs> Are alright? Right. <laughs> so Raymond has arranged a hotel room for Jim and we'll process the negative. Mm-hmm. Back in apostrophe new york mm-hmm. debbie and bill are discussing jim's behavior annoying chuck has been reading a psychology book and decided that jim oh. has a disorder mm-hmm. debbie thinks it's blackmail the phone rings and She thinks jim. it's what blackmail she All thinks right. it's, she thinks um colonel raymond is blackmailing jim i don't ask for logic behind that yeah I, I didn't
1: i didn't quite work that one out either. i don't, I don't know, know why it'd
0: be blackmailing mm-hmm. why that would make jim
1: and that's never mentioned ever again
0: No, because it's nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) In this movie. Yeah. Debbie wants to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that she wants to come over to London and see him. But Jim says, no, he can handle it. And he'll be back. And he hangs up. Chuck spouts some nonsense about psychology. And Debbie tells him that I'm going to London. Chuck and Bill want to go with her. But she says, no. But
1: she takes Chuck anyway, doesn't
0: she? She does. um... And as he's
1: leaving, he he tells the other guy to keep a tight asshole.
0: Yeah, I think it's because he's, he's, he's indicating that he's very uh, uptight.
1: You think that's what it is, do you?
0: Well, that's what, yeah, yeah. But, but in fairness, Debbie has to take Chuck. She's stuck either way because if she leaves Chuck in charge of the company, there won't be a company when she comes <laughs> back. <by. Yes. laughs> They've we'll eaten all the TV dinners, wouldn't they? Yeah, right. So she's screwed either way. Mm. Uh,
1: just talking about this actress, she's a bit wooden, isn't she? I.
0: There seems to be a lot of IKEA going on in your the, uh, theory of this film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she's a whole new level of wooden. She's like, not she's is not
0: she, is she more wooden than Alex right? Wright? Oh absolutely. Right yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so there's levels of woodenness in this film.
1: The, yes, there's there's um, there's teak and Balsa. <laughs> okay. Who's who? Well he's teak, obviously she's balsa
0: but surely balsa is less wooden than teak
1: yeah so flimsy more flimsy
0: ah but but teak is more wooden than balsa so isn't it the other way around
1: yes all right okay (laughs) (laughs) if if you like i do i mean it was just an offhand joke but you know you don't have to yeah okay We
0: have to examine them now and
1: yeah oh god don't do
0: that and, and rearrange it and put it all back together and you know so welcome to the final episode of uh <laughs> retrospection <laughs> back in london there's a thunderstorm and every time lightning crackles jim panics well you would wouldn't you yeah you would it you'd goes... be looking for that blue lightning every two
1: seconds wouldn't
0: you? yeah yeah he goes through the bag that's full of world war one equipment and then falls asleep in a chair dressed in uh World War I uniform with a gun and a dagger. And then a cleaning mm-hmm. lady enters. And as Jim is startled, she says, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't see you there. I'll come back later. And then she leaves, laughing hysterically.
1: <laughs> you know that this woman's seen worse in her time, don't you?
0: Probably a London hotel in the 80s, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's probably more used to seeing a guy hogtied in the bath, naked with a cucumber up his ass.
0: That was very specific. Was this for a personal <laughs> <It was>. experience? <laughs> it was a bit specific wasn't it that's where you've
1: seen a vegetable (laughs) well i wouldn't have seen it would i
0: well yeah because you'd have to put it there who said who said (laughs) i'd have to put it there me just (laughs) then. yeah you i yeah I, I, i don't think i could reach around who said you're putting it in yourself
1: that's what i'm saying i wouldn't put it in
0: myself so you put it in someone else is what you're saying you did
1: uh, what? I, no, <laughs> hang on!
0: <laughs> I've never hogtied anyone. All right, but you don't. You don't. You don't say anything about the cucumber. <laughs> <I'm doing laughs> Just the first part you've not done. All right. I've never hogtied anyone. Yeah, you keep saying that bit. You don't deny the second bit. Is what I'm pointing <laughs> out. I'm not denying anything. You're not denying anything. So I'm not, not denying anything.
1: So you're admitting everything. I'm not, I, no. I, I, don't try that lawyer speak with me, Colin. <laughs> you try to bamboozle me now, aren't you?
0: No, no. I'm Funny re- enough, that's what he said at the time. <laughs> Is that not the safe word? Bamboozle. Yeah. Bamboozle! <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Too late. It's
1: all in. <laughs> Well, this has took a funny turn, hasn't
0: it? <laughs> it has, yeah. All right, let's get back to the film. Okay. <clears> Taxi <throat> pulls up at Jim's hotel. Mm-hmm. Debbie and Chuck get out, but as Jim is shaving in his room, the lightning crackles. And the music here, it kind of sounds mm. like the beginning of Another One Bites the Dust.
1: It is Another One Bites the
0: Dust. Oh, that's right. Why... Wait, but they're not credited.
1: Maybe they don't need to because it's, you know, John Deacon's in Queen, isn't he? Ah... Uh... Maybe he, maybe he went up to Freddie and went, look, help us out, will you? <laughs> <laughs> we need it. Okay. I've come up with with this song and, and I'm done. I can't think of any more.
0: <laughs> i got this other song. It sounds very similar to one you did. <laughs> <laughs> very similar. Very, very just similar. Gives him the tape and it's got another one bites the dust just crossed off, tip <laughs>
1: You know, John Deacon did write Another one, one Bites of Dust.
0: Oh, then he can do whatever the hell he wants with it, then. I guess so maybe that's,
1: that's how it works, maybe, yeah, yeah. I suppose.
0: Jim grabs a towel because he's naked. hmm And the next minute, phew, he peers on a table in the kitchen of a nunnery. He yells for Biggles and realises all he's wearing is the towel, and the nuns stir at him with a gasp. Algy, Bertie, and Ginger step in and pull their guns on Jim. They question him. How did you get here? Jim tells them, well, I fell through a hole through time, and obviously they don't believe this.
1: They don't. They think he's a spy in a towel.
0: Yeah, because that's what spies do. They make themselves as conspicuous as possible.
1: (laughs) Maybe that was a First World War thing. You don't know. You weren't there, Colin.
0: Oh, yeah. You're right, I weren't. I read about it. All the spies were walking around naked, just wearing towels. Yeah. You couldn't tell them apart from the normal people. Hanging around in nunneries. Yeah, that's what they did. Bigel steps in and tells his friends to release Jim and he asked jim was negative jim tells him that it's being developed mm-hmm. so now we cut to the hospital part of the nunnery and jim is mm-hmm. wearing a nun's habit lucky him yeah you gotta think of a nuns habit, right
1: you seem to mention them <laughs> well, you...
0: even in films that we don't do that have nuns in
1: <laughs> you can't beat a nun can you i mean you can try but i'm, I'm sure a few priests have <laughs> Well, There's just something about a nun, isn't it? I mean, who doesn't like a nun?
0: All right. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Biggles sees a nun called Marie, played by Francesca Goncio. Oh,
1: Reel it in, Colin, reel it in.
0: Now, it's obvious they have a past, and Ginger explains this to Jim. He says that Biggles and Marie met back in 1916. She was a German spy who tricked Biggles into carrying messages over enemy lines. Mm-hmm. But she fell in love with him and double crossed her own side. Now, both sides want her for the firing squad. I
1: bet they
0: do. He says, Don't worry, Biggles won't be taken in twice. She reveals to Biggles that she has maps of caves that lead to. Okay. Do you know what the name of this French place is? Did you ever figure it out? I didn't. It sounds no. like Banfleur. Banfleur. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, well, I'm pretty sure it's not. But I could never. When everyone, anyone said it, I was like, Oh. I should try it. There's no subtitles on my copy of the film, so I was like,
1: "No, no, no." Uh,
0: yeah. Again, no. It, it is all a bit a hello, hello-ish, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll just call it, <laughs> and we'll move on. All right.
1: <laughs> Nobody knows. I, what... I, I was waiting for it to say, "Listen very carefully." I shall say this only
0: once. You do realise that was a different character.
1: No, I know, but I'm saying hello, hello. Yeah. I do know that she played the maid. Yeah. didn't
0: she? No, yes. waitress. Same thing, isn't it? <gasps> <Mades> all, <laughs> maids all over the world are turning off the podcast. Have we, have
1: we, have we got a big a big maid following, have we? Mm, yeah.
0: Well, I suppose if I you're mean, a waitress, sir, when, when, you'd, you'd when be I happy say, to be called a maid, wouldn't you? When I say huge, I mean there's only one. She's huge. And I can't say stuff. That's a good 1970s joke. It is,
1: it is. And that, in some ways, that's where we live. <laughs>
0: Yeah, without the braces.
1: But funnily enough, with the fleurs. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Nobody knows what the weapon is, but they've seen what it can do, and she tells him to trust her. Don't become a nun yet, Biggle says. She tells him they must hurry. hmm Outside, Germans are approaching the nunnery. Bertie says they must have known about a place all along. They've been betrayed. And they all look at Marie, but she shakes her head. Mm-hmm. They can't fight because of all the civilians in the nunnery, so they surrender and they're taken away.
1: Yeah, doesn't he say, oh, we can't make a scrap of it in here, boys. Yes, he yeah.
0: does. Yeah. So Captain Stolheim... You could
1: just call him Her Flick. He,
0: well, um,
1: He's yeah. got an impressive brow, though, hasn't he?
0: He does, yeah. Do you think it was grown specially?
1: I think it might have been.
0: Yeah, I think Ooh. so, too. So he meets Biggles, and he accuses Biggles of being a spy... Biggles asks how he knew he was there. Eric Vaughn says that the patrol saw the plane landing just after dawn. So now at least he knows that Marie did not betray him.
1: That's right. And doesn't Biggles say to him, I sing in the choir? And, and he replies, choir practice is cancelled today. Yes, it does. <laughs> did you notice I didn't, I didn't attempt the accent, by the way? Did you notice that?
0: I kind of creeped in a little. You couldn't resist.
1: I'm I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to go down that road anymore.
0: So Von Stolheim is disappointed that the firing squad will kill Biggles as he wanted to kill him in the air. But Biggles replies that the firing squad is less likely to bodge the job. Mm -hmm. Biggles is led out to the courtyard to face the firing squad. He sees Jim disguised as a nun standing with the crowd Mm -hmm. because the Germans can't tell that a bloke's dressed as a woman.
1: Well, I mean, he blends in, doesn't he?
0: I'd like like a man dressed as a nun yes
1: he blends in like a man dressed as a nun yes amongst other nuns
0: yes the firing squad prepares jim turns on his electric shaver and yells grenade he throws it amongst the firing squad and a fight breaks out biggles and his friends take the guns off the germans biggles grab von stolhein and points a gun at his head one move and you'll be the first to sprout wings
1: <laughs> no, when 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 he throws this grenade onto the floor, all the Germans dive to the floor, don't they? Mm-hmm. But one or two of them just dive onto the floor
0: next to it. Ah! Did yeah. you notice that? <laughs> that's that's not a good move because I think that would still hurt. I think it would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm no expert on grenades.
1: <laughs> I think it is a good idea to have some distance between you and the grenade.
0: I believe that is the correct maneuver. To yeah, make. yeah, yeah. I've played Call of Duty. Oh. <laughs> They always kill me in that. Really? They're a pain in the ass. Grenades in Call of Duty and Battlefield and all those games. I hate grenades.
1: Well, I'm sure it wasn't like that in real life.
0: Well, maybe they knew it was an electric shaver because they've got all this modern technology. So maybe the Germans are like, hey, it's just a shaver. I'll just lay down.
1: Oh they're, oh, they're actually scared of shavers.
0: Ah, yeah. Did they have beards? Can't remember.
1: Mm. We should have looked into it more. Yeah. Now, Biggle says to um, the, the... What's his name again? From the German Stone guy. guy. Oh, yeah, him. Biggles says to him, I'm not going to put a bullet in your head, dear boy, because that's not the way we do business.
0: Yeah. It's very British, right? It's classy, isn't it? It is not it Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they take a German truck and yell to Jim, Hey, sister. Jump aboard, and as he does, there is a noise of him being thrown through time. Mm-hmm. Back in London, Debbie and Chuck are at Jim's door. They hear commotion inside, and Debbie knocks loudly. Jim opens the door slightly and asks what What are you doing here? He pulls the door open all the way and there he stands in a nun's outfit. As they enter they see his submachine gun and World War One helmet. Chuck says oh, he's a transvestite bank robber. <laughs> that did make me laugh actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but in all fairness, just go with it. Yeah. See where it goes. You know, could be an interesting night. Could be. Mm. <clears throat>
0: experience talking (laughs) i don't know what you mean chuck goes. i don't get this bit chuck goes to the phone and calls the police he claims to be a doctor and that one of his patients meaning jim has a problem and then he needs help with him Mm -hmm. and then he says like the patient has a gun so what's the idea behind this
1: He's even one of two things he's either an idiot and he doesn't realize the
0: trouble he's causing Mm -hmm. or he's just trying to cause trouble Right. For him, you know? For me, at this point, he crosses the line from just irritating to complete asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah, you want him dead, don't
0: you? Well, that's uh, a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just me? All right, okay. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> All right. So, walking outside, Jim tells Debbie what's going on. He tells her that he keeps ending up in World War I, and he's helping Biggles destroy a secret German weapon. Mm-hmm. Debbie says she believes him. But, you know, clearly doesn't.
1: Mm. She
0: takes it well, though, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Mm -hmm. She says Jim should get help, but he's going to take her to Tower Bridge. Meanwhile, Chuck is being carted off by the police as he gets outside. He sees Jim and tells the coppers that that's the man they should be after. And then lightning crackles around Jim Mm -hmm. and he tells Debbie to stay away, but she grabs hold of him and they both fall into a dugout in the middle of a raging war.
1: She doesn't know how much trouble she's in here, does she? She's surrounded by a bunch of squaddies who haven't seen a woman in ages.
0: No, that's true. Didn't think mm. of that. Mm. That's because we clean and pure. And we had... <laughs> really wow. We got lots of
1: camera wobble. We do. It's very impressive though this trench set, isn't it?
0: It's pretty good for the fact that it's only in I don't know five minutes at most.
1: Yeah, yeah. They seem to. Do you think that they built this set, or do you think it was something that that already existed? I have a suspicion that it was probably something that already existed
0: right. somewhere. You mean like they? We have trenches in the UK just, just laying around.
1: No, I mean, it wasn't made specifically for this movie. It was it was probably a stand-in set that had been used before for something else. Okay. It just seems, I don't know, it, it seems too good
0: Okay. <laughs> in a way. It's higher yeah. than the production value of the film. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, interesting.
1: Because when you think about it, really, all the aerial fo- um, shots of, of the planes, when you think about it, there's only two planes in the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So I don't think the, the budget's stretched too far.
0: Right. Mm. No, I don't know. We'll have to see. So they're trying to make their way to the cave system through the trenches. Debbie hopes it's a dream. And then a German throws a grenade, but Jim throws it back.
1: Mm-hmm. The music in the cave um, section is really good, isn't it? It's very it atmospheric.
0: Is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Debbie asks if this is some kind of put on like Fantasy Island. Jim says, hey, it's not that bad. It's just World War I. It's a good line. Yeah. And Debbie's a little annoying in this section, I find, because too much screaming. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they make their way through the cave system, avoiding rock falls and skeletons. Yeah, where does the skeleton come from? It just falls on her from nowhere. Where does it come from? Well, it's a human. Um, Underneath the skin and flesh, there are skeletons. (laughs) And uh, I believe when you die, the flesh degrades and eventually falls apart, leaving the bones behind.
1: I didn't realise I'd stepped into the naked gun all of a sudden. Thanks for having me. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Biggles is going on ahead with Bertie. Ginger and Algie are checking the rear. <clears throat> <laughs> it's, like, it's like seaside humour. I knew as soon as I said it, I'd get a, like a, a, a Sid James response. <laughs>
2: now,
0: now I'm less happy. <laughs> a German pushes some rocks aside, and he sees Debbie, he approaches. Jim leaps and grabs a German and knocks him out. Mm-hmm. Ginger and Algae return. Biggles and Bertie make their way through, using grenades. to kill any Germans in the caves. When they've cleared a path, Biggles calls the others to join him. So they make their way into a number of abandoned buildings, which is, uh, I mean, it looked to me like it was filmed in London dockyards.
1: Yeah, I think it is the dockyards before they did it all up.
0: Yeah, because it looks the same as Full Metal Jacket, some of the buildings.
1: Yeah, I think
0: it is, actually. I think it is the same place yeah, as Full Metal it looks Jacket, like yeah. Um, so they see something that looks like an igloo. Nobody knows what it is. So they take a look, and around they see mannequins dressed in uniforms. Mm-hmm. Jim knocks on the igloo and says, oh, these tiles are ceramic, made to withstand a lot of heat. And a klaxon starts. They hide and see a truck approaching with German soldiers sitting on the back. The Germans are dressed in special suits. They put up more dummies. Biggles determines that they're about to test the weapon. Another horn sounds and the Germans scarper. What does it mean, Yes <laughs> Jim. That no, we shouldn't be here, says Biggles. They make their way to the igloo, but the Germans stop them. They're surrounded. They throw down their guns.
1: Yes, and then um, the, the lead German, who's very angry, isn't he? He's a very angry German. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> gets on the phone and calls, um, uh, the, the what's his name again? Von Stolheim. I can't remember that guy's name every sure. time. Yeah, well, but he answers it straight away. What was he doing? Just standing by the phone waiting for a call?
0: Well, yeah, they're about to test the weapon. So he's going to get a call from the Germans who are going to say the mannequins are up. <laughs> the mannequins are up? Yeah, that's actually the password they use. <laughs> the mannequins are up and the sky is grey. Gotcha. Are they American? No, no, no. It's just these it's just, it's, uh, again... While his mum, Gladys von Stolheim, was oh from God, here <laughs> <laughs> his dad was from Texas, but had travelled around a bit. Oh, yeah. that was a Texas accent, was it then, Colin? No, no, he travelled around a bit. Remember
1: oh, that? right, okay, so it's become broadened.
0: Yes, yes, that's ah, I get you, I get you. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right, okay. So the Germans replaced the dummies at the post with Biggles and his comrades, but not Debbie. No, he
1: keeps her to one side, I mean, you know why, don't you?
0: Yes. He wants that fur coat. He wants oh, that fur coat. Absolutely, that looks nice mm-hmm. and warm.
1: Well, I mean, it looks freezing there, doesn't it? So... It
0: does, yeah, yeah. Debbie mm-hmm. starts trying to explain that she and Jim are Americans and shouldn't be there. That's right, because they turn up late in the war again. She pulls out a wallet. <laughs> oh! <laughs> a little, little nineteen seventeen political satire there for you. We're on the ball. <laughs> Cutting edge. <laughs> She pulls out a wallet to prove her ID. The German knocks it away. In that case, she says, "I also have my mace," and she squirts him in the eyes.
1: I don't know. That's something about the way you said that maybe. Snigger.
0: Alright. As he screams, she grabs his gun. When the Germans distracted, the others start to fight. But another klaxon sounds, and the Germans make a run for the igloo. Biggles and his friends stop them. A humming sound mm-hmm. appears. They enter the igloo and shut the door. Through the glass, they see the German officer screaming. Everything turns into negative. And then the humming stops. A green light comes on and they leave the igloo. The German is nothing but bits and pieces of burnt ash.
1: Yeah, they pull one of his arms off, don't they?
0: They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim touches one of the cannons and just breaks apart. Debbie makes her way to one of the dead Germans and for some reason, only known to her, she sticks her hand in his eye and then is horrified and it comes away oozing with blood and gore. Uh, what does she expect to happen? Yeah, what, what, why does she stick
1: her hand in his face? I don't know. I never did quite work that one out. And then, and it's a good and effect though, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite nasty.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: I didn't like yeah. it as a kid, I have to
0: say. You, you didn't thought, like face gore as a kid?
1: No, I was. Uh, it was the only, I don't like eyeball stuff.
0: Oh. Not a big fan of eyeball not stuff. Not a big fan of eyeballs. Okay. All right. It's fine. Biggles says, they've perfected a bloody sound weapon.
1: <laughs>
0: he, he delivers these lines really well, doesn't yeah, he? He does. As they leave, they're pinned down by a German sniper. Biggles orders Jim and Debbie to stay while they clear the area of German soldiers. But as they're off doing that, Germans approach Jim and Debbie. Jim opens fire. But suddenly he's back in modern London and he's shooting at coppers. No, there was no lightning at this this transition, was there? That was for audience effect to make it like sudden mm-hmm. and for us to go whoa. Mm. I think the lightning would have been. Uh... They could have done it afterwards though. Like had a few flecks just disappearing yeah. as he was firing. But uh...
1: maybe the lightning budget was out at this point.
0: <laughs> oh, you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you... <laughs> we shot, we shot the lightning budget in the first half of the film. So that's it. We're, we're done, done
1: now. Okay. Yeah, we're done.
0: Maybe. Uh, so now he tells Debbie to try and ditch the coppers, and her plan appears to sit in a barrel.
1: It was have taken some work to get in that by so, herself.
0: Yeah. Well, why? She just climbed in and sat in it. Have you ever
1: tried to get in a bin? It's
0: not <laughs> easy. <laughs> I bow down to your uh, knowledge <laughs> of this, I'm afraid. I have Trust never. me, it's not easy. Okay. It's not easy. All right, Jim runs, and a helicopter tracks him down, and they tell him through the PA system that they'll shoot if he doesn't stop running.
1: But he keeps running, and then they shout, "No, don't
0: move! Yeah. No, look, I mean it! No, <clears throat> we're serious!" Oh, come now. on, please! The boss is watching me, please! <laughs> Suddenly, he's grabbed. Biggles has been propelled into modern England. If I no, this a... is
1: this is a stroke of genius bringing Biggles into the into the modern.
0: Era, oh, but. you like this?
1: I do like this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just an it's an it's a twist, right? It's a nice twist. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If Biggles fires a flur gun at the helicopter, which sends it spiralling away.
1: No, in all fairness, I mean, it was pretty lucky. I mean, it could have exploded the thing. <laughs> I could. I could. Yeah. yeah so,
0: so they make their way across rooftops, jumping from building to building. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird like. There's a shot of them leaping from a really big distance from one mm-hmm. building to another, and it looks pretty high, mm. but then the camera goes underneath, and you can't mm-hmm. see any height. So I'm like, either they didn't do that job, or that's terrible piece of directing.
1: From Mr. Howe,
0: Yeah, because you, you don't get any sense of, like, ooh, wow. You, you, you're about to, when they start to jump, you're like, ooh. But then it comes underneath and you're like, eh, okay.
1: They probably just didn't do the jump.
0: I guess so, but it's the second time I've seen that terrible piece of directing.
1: Oh, it Was not the same director? Was it? No,
0: no. It happens <laughs> in the Italian job. There's a shot where the two the minis jump from a building to another building, and apparently mm-hmm. they're really high, but you can't tell from the camera angle.
1: Hmm. So that is just bad. Yeah. Bad choices. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they're jumping over rooftops, and then they meet a someone with a ladder, and he says, mind if I borrow your ladder, sir? And he says, certainly, mate. And they slide down the ladder to the ground.
1: Then in reality, the bloke would say,
0: bugger off, you fucking asshole!" (laughs) Yeah, you weirdo, your flying goggles and your leather hat.
2: weirdo,
0: bloody weirdo. Yeah. Mm. Well, Biggles, he he
1: seems very at home, but then again, I suppose the Docklands in London in the late 1980s looked like a war zone, didn't it? That's
0: true, and if he's ever been to London in his time it probably didn't look that much different from 80s london still docklands right
1: mm-hmm. yeah because he knows he knows how to get to tower bridge doesn't he
0: yeah yeah
1: the funny thing is though he's probably thinking you know what this looks a hell of a lot like that place in europe where i was just fighting the first world war oh yeah maybe yeah <laughs>
0: i'm sure okay deja vu yeah Yeah, you know, jim's going wow this is really like new york <laughs> But their path to Tower Bridge is blocked by the police.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Across the street, Biggle sees some punks. Yeah. Great Scott is beyond all comprehension. <clears> That's so what Biggle says, which kind of has like a back to the future connection. It does, yeah. Yep. Jim tells him that the man who has a photograph of the weapon is in Tower Bridge. They need a plan to get past the police. Hmm. Biggle studies the punks. He has an idea. Yeah. So he disguises himself as a punk just by fitting in and carrying the ghetto blaster.
1: The thing is, this is obviously written by someone who doesn't understand what punks are or were, because they're punks, but they're listening to 80s Her Metal by Motley Crue.
0: Wow, that's specialised knowledge, Paul. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. It's like those people who watch uh, Last Boy Scout and they're like, oh, I don't like the car chase because that car would never make that ancient noise.
1: not as bad as that it's
0: close it's just it's you know it's it's anachronistic isn't it uh so amongst the punks with the ghetto blaster and anachronistic music is biggles and jim Mm -hmm. and they manage to sneak into the tower and they enter raymond's room and biggle exclaims wow oh no wait wow biggle exclaims raymond i've got written here that means nothing (laughs) <laughs> Raymond introduced himself and so Biggles is astounded. Raymond hugs him. He's missed his old friend. Biggles at first mm-hmm. doesn't recognise him because after all, Raymond is now an old man.
2: mm mm-hmm. mm
0: Raymond is astounded that Biggles is in the nineteen eighties. Uh, but not astounded enough that he can't explain it.
1: Oh no, no, no. He he he's uh
0: He's like oh he gives him, he like, gives him the whole
1: thing, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: time twin shit. Just move on.
1: You know, you know his apartment smells of old man wee and bird shit, don't you?
0: Bet it doesn't. I bet no. No. This is Peter. Well, are you talking Peter Cushion? Or are you talking Colonel Raymond? Colonel Raymond. Okay. Peter Cushion. Peter Cushion. Was he's a le- He's you know he's an institution. All right. I'm I reckoning it's Colonel Raymond's. This room smells of heroin, jeers and prostitutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Male or female prostitutes? Both. Both. wow. All right. <laughs> no wonder he doesn't look well. Yeah, he's just knackered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like he's in his 80s. He's really 24. Yeah.
0: Come <laughs> well, right, if, on, okay. if you lived in Tower of London, you'd be like, hey, I live in Tower Bridge. You want to come back to my place? Everyone's going to say yes. There's no one who's going to say no.
1: Do you want to come and look at my helmet? He gets home, literally pulls out a helmet. There you go, look.
0: <laughs> you probably would, right?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Polishing it. You want to polish my helmet?
0: I have a policeman's <laughs> helmet. You want to see that?
1: <laughs>
0: Opens up a door. It's
1: just got shelves of helmets.
0: Yeah, different types. Mhm. Yeah. Sounds good. Raymond gives Biggles the picture of the secret weapon.
1: Mhm.
0: Biggles says it's time they were leaving and grabs some rope. So yeah, he just
1: just keeps large bundles of rope laying around, does he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there is in, in uh, Tower Bridge, apparently.
1: What, large bundles of rope?
0: Yeah, they keep it as a rope star just in case people need to upsail. And, and only two, though? He's just got the right amount? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. It... Oh, it's lucky, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's two in the other tower on the other side.
1: Oh, right, I see. <laughs> okay. You'd have to mm-hmm. run
0: across and get them. Um...
1: Right, right. It's a okay.
0: Silly design, but that's the way. All they do makes it. sense. Yeah. All makes sense then. Yeah, right. So now they have to go back to 1917 and destroy the weapons somehow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Outside, the police helicopter is flying around. Biggles watches it land. Do what I do, says Biggles, and does a chicken dance. No, he doesn't. I <laughs> <laughs> made that up. That
1: would be interesting, though.
0: It would, right? Mm. So they abseil down Tower Bridge and run to the helicopter. Biggles clams in. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to fly this thing, are you? Says Jim. If you can fly a Sopwith, camel, you can fly anything. Not convinced that's true.
1: Neither am I, but he picks it up very quickly, doesn't he?
0: He does, yeah. So our mm-hmm. police run towards him. Jim sees no choice and climbs into the helicopter. And as Jim is on the skids of the helicopter, Biggles tries to figure out the control, and the helicopter's spiralling around between the actual girders of Tower Bridge with, you know, a guy hanging off the side.
1: It's a really good stunt.
0: I miss helicopter stunts. Do you? It's your thing, is it? Well, you know, in the 80s, every every TV show had a helicopter stunt at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favourite ones is watching William Shatner hanging off a helicopter in T.J. Hooker.
0: Yeah, and they didn't give a damn about health and safety. It flew over no. people. It flew over everything. Children. They didn't care. <laughs> you just don't get helicopter stunts anymore. You
1: don't. You don't. No. I suppose that, um, there was a helicopter stunt in um, um, Spectre, wasn't there?
0: Oh. there was yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean I know I've praised that film now it's better (laughs) is that all it takes a helicopter stunt yeah oh right okay anything really helicopter stunt proves everything
1: okay so we put a helicopter stunt in Highlander Endgame
0: (gasps) I'd have watched it 14 times in a row damn yeah i see seen they missed out right Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Jim gets in and suggests the autopilot and presses a button the helicopter plummets to the ground but luckily it's thrown through a hole in time now there's a helicopter in 1917 again great idea it is the Germans open fire von Stuhlhain sees the helicopter and gives chase in his biplane Biggles salutes him let's show this sausage juggler what this thing can do <laughs> that's what he says
1: <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh.
0: <laughs> and now we get the strange music during this flying sequence. Yes, yes,
1: with the lyrics "Have you seen my baby?"
0: Mm-hmm. with minor chords as well. Ooh, mm. it's very odd, mm. right? It is very odd, and it's done like a nasally nineteen twenties microphone sound.
1: Yeah, and it's got some weird um, ping pongy effect on it as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's I don't know. All very odd. <laughs> yes,
0: and they fly towards a steam train. There's excellent stunts again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a, and they do a, a really good. Um, I'm not sure it.
1: They actually do it though, do they? Because they land the helicopter on the train, don't they? In right. between two carriages.
0: Right. You don't think they no, did that? I don't think they did that. No. Let's let's pretend they did. Life is better if we pretend they did.
1: <laughs> I find that's true of most things.
0: Yeah, yeah, so we'll say they did. Now Biggles flies the helicopter over to Bertie, Algie and Ginger and yells at them over the PA system and he lands and they're astonished by Biggles' big chopper. Really? <laughs> yep, waited all evening for that. <laughs> or even written in bold. <laughs> is that <right? laughs> we done now, right? Close it up. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> film. No reason for watching it is for that. All right. Biggles <laughs> asks them for weapons. He's going to use the helicopter to destroy the secret German weapon. Jim is going with him. They know they're coming. The weapon is deployed. Mm-hmm. Using the photographs, Biggles and Jim locate where it is. Biggles has an idea. He's going to fly towards the weapon and use the helicopter's microphone and speaker to fight sound with sound. How did somebody who has never seen such equipment come up with this idea? Exactly. What's he basing this whole plan on? Yeah, cuz he's never seen this technology before.
1: No, he's never seen he's never seen the helicopter technology. He's never seen the German stuff. He doesn't know what that is really, does right, he either? No,
0: no. He doesn't know what microphones and speakers no, are.
1: No. No. He's just flying by the seat of his pants.
0: Literally is, yeah. Literally. So yeah. the weapon is turned on. Now it has a flashing light on the dish. It didn't earlier. Not sure why. It's They've upgraded like, since. So yeah. You don't know how much time has passed, do you? That's true. This is weapon 2.0, right? hmm Yeah, it's going to crash. Biggles <laughs> flies the helicopter straight towards the emitter dish. The sound increases. It's hard to stay urban. Biggles fights the controls and then pulls away as the dish explodes. Because yeah, the this sound... bit, this bit, yeah, this bit nearly gave me epilepsy. Oh, <laughs> did it? Because lots of flashing. Lots of flashing, yeah. Because the sound is picked up by the microphone and then emitted by the speaker of the helicopter back towards the dish.
1: And it blows it up.
0: Yeah, big explosion. And it is a really big it explosion, too.
1: It is, it is. That's where the rest of the money went.
0: Ah, that's why they couldn't do lightning. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay.
1: Yeah. It blew the wood.
0: Biggles flies the helicopter over the Allied front lines in celebration, completely screwing up a timeline in history.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. you got all these Tommies going, Bloody hell. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> yeah, no prime directive here. Yo. No. Was it a time temporal directive? Temporal directive, right. yes. <clears throat> no temporal directive here.
1: <laughs> Very smooth. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He says, hold on, I've got a promise to keep. At the nunnery, Bertie, Algy, and Ginger knock out the German guards. They walk into the courtyard to face the German soldiers. I say, would you chaps consider surrendering? Asks Bertie. <laughs> and they open fire. They make their way into the.
1: <clears throat> I'm just going to say, doesn't Algie sound a bit like a pervert, don't you think, in this movie? He's wow. got a way of speaking. He's very like this when he talks. Huh. Because there's a line where um, the other guy says, Grenade? And he goes... Too close to the civilians.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I never got this feeling from him, but clearly you're carrying some baggage. Yeah, you just do <laughs> That's okay. It's a,
1: cucumber. it's a cucumber.
0: We we can talk about it at some point. No, no. Never um, never go back. Never go back. Right. They make the way into that what the our whole podcast is about going back.
1: <laughs> oh shit.
0: <laughs> Walked into that one, eh? (laughs) Uh, They make their way into the hospital, but now surrounded by Germans. Big ols flies over, and Jim machine guns them. And we get that odd out of place song again during this point. (laughs) Doesn't one of them shout, Stay down, sister, we're not finished yet. Yeah, a phrase I've heard many a time. Yeah, steady on. (laughs) Steady on, old chap. (laughs) The Germans run away. And then Mm -hmm. I noticed the shots of Bertie Ginger and Algae are taken on a different time to the ones of the helicopter because the sky is totally different (laughs) colour. I mean, it's not important. I just noticed it. Good for you. Uh, As the helicopter lands, Marie runs out to greet Biggles. The others yell at her to get down because Von Stuhlhain in his biplane strafes the ground with his machine guns. Biggles dives on top of Marie to save her. But it's too late. She's dead.
1: That's what he said he was doing.
0: Von Stuhlhain does a victory roll. As Biggles carries his love into the church, that's kind of a nasty thing to do. A victory, or because you've killed a woman, right? But he's—he's he's, hardly he's a, a victory. What well, did he's you just German. say?
1: He's a German. Yeah, yeah but he's a—he's Ger- in relatively speaking, he's a German of his time. He's an evil German. Just clarifying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if I were you? Von Storheim blows up the helicopter. Wow. Uh huh. We should have got you to do the
1: sound effects they so should. much
0: better Biggles runs outside and stands facing the German pilot oh he's mad now he is he fires his machine gun von Stuhlheim shoots at him the plane zooms overhead they both miss and the pilot takes another pass Biggles gun jams and as the German flies over he drops a stick grenade but Biggles with an astounding throwing arm lobs <laughs> a grenade into the cockpit of the passing plane He just, it literally
1: looks like there's a bloke hiding underneath it and he just pops it in. Yeah, just off screen, he's just gone. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, it does. Both (laughs) grenades explode, but only Biggles walks away. He does. Back in the nunnery. It looks like Marie is going to be okay after all.
1: Oh, yeah, because the light of God shines down on her. That's right. And you get the shot of the, the light coming through the stained glass window and hitting her
0: face. Thanks for your help, says Biggles. Before Jim can reply, he's flung through time and lands in the Thames. Mm-hmm. The police drag him out of the water and take him to a dock. They cut him off. Raymond stops them, flashes his badge, and takes Jim away. Apparently, British Air Intelligence can just take people away who've shot at police and blown things up. <laughs> yeah, they just let him go, don't they? Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, that badge looks really shiny. Sure. Get a serial packet, mate. <laughs> British... Oh, is it the Sweeney? Is yeah. it the Sweeney? Yeah, British air intelligence, never fucking heard of ya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's more like, all right, governor, sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: weird. What do you go then? Yeah, that's mm. it's a bit strange. But you know, it's a film. So what are you gonna do? It's a film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that should be your new catchphrase. Yeah. Well, it's a film. Job. What you going to do? Put out a t-shirt. Jim asks Raymond if Biggles made it through the war. Turns out he did. Jim asks, is Biggles still alive? Raymond says he doesn't know. Biggles' last mission was to New Guinea. So far, no word has been received. Debbie is waiting for Jim, and they hug. And we come mm-hmm. to a wedding. Jim is marrying Debbie. Why is Chuck a at fast... the wedding? Yeah,
1: Why would of all the people in the world, why pick him as his best man?
0: Yeah, right. they just no friends says more about Jim, right? And Debbie. It does, it does, yeah. Yeah. And who's the woman with Bill? I didn't notice that. Yeah, we've never seen her in the film at all. Oh. Yeah. Cut cut scenes, maybe? No. Just figured they needed someone with him, I guess. Mm, And it's a big church for just six people. Well, as you just said, he's got no friends. That's true. That's
2: true.
0: -hmm. Uh, As Jim puts the ring on Debbie's finger... Oh, he's thrown through time again. Natives. uh,
1: So just to stop you there, when he takes the ring out of his pocket, he's got a pocket full of, like, food, hasn't he?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because it's uh, as Chuck does it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he's the comedian, right?
1: What kind of slobby guy walks around with a food, with a pocket stuffed of food?
0: I don't know, Paul. What kind (laughs) of sloppy guy walks around with pockets full of food? What are you getting at? Nothing. As Jim puts the ring on Derby's finger, he's thrown through time again. Now we see natives with spears and masks around him. He looks over and sees big old Bertie and Algie and Ginger tied up in a giant cooking pot.
1: Yeah.
0: Is this dodgy?
1: Is this a bit, you know... It's a bit carry-on. It it is a bit carry-on, but again, I'll ask... (laughs) Is this a bit racist,
0: do you think? It's uh, of its time. Yes, it's touch and go, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Quick, mm-hmm. untie us. Get us out of here before they realise you're not a god. You're just an American. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> That's a good line. It is. Jim breaks the rope and they run through the caves and we get the end.
1: And I want to see what happens next.
0: Yep, yeah, but we never will.
1: We never will. Never.
0: No. 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 I mean, you <laughs> can always read the 106 books. so
1: yeah, but none of them carry on from this, do they? They don't, no. No. no.
0: Well it's time travel, they could be. I mean Jim <laughs> Jim Jim doesn't make much of an appearance, but <laughs> It's just a film as you've pointed yeah. out. So, Paul, what do you think of Biggle's Adventures in Time?
1: Uh shall I do what you usually do and say, Oh hate it, crap. No. <laughs> no. no, I love this film. I love it. I saw it a couple of times on the cinema as a kid and numerous times since um i own it um it's just a great adventure film isn't it i mean can you use the term boys own adventure film anymore I because that's so. what it is isn't it that yeah. is what it is i mean it's clearly cheaply made and but the aerial stuff is excellent the film is it's got a real practical feel to it hasn't it
0: yeah it has there's no cgi
1: no I, I mean, I've mentioned the fact that I've got a bit of a problem with High White. He's, he's not the most charismatic leading actor in the world, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're not here for him, are we? We're here for Biggles, really, aren't we?
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: And and, and he's really good, and his gang are really good. The time travel aspect, it's fun, and I enjoy it, but I kind of like to see an actual straightforward Biggles movie, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, like you said, more like an Indiana Jones type yeah. film, or a, yeah. or a bring, bring Them Back Alive. Bring them back alive. God, does anyone remember that? Um, Our tales of the gold monkey, but without
1: the, you know... Yeah, 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 yeah. Without the
0: issues.
1: We'll never do that show. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the time travel stuff, it's it's fun. Right. It's fun. But, yeah, it's just a great, cheesy 80s uh, adventure film. And uh, it's a massive, massive hit for me, this film. Always has been. Wow. Okay. What about you?
0: Hater. <laughs> no, I've already done that one. <laughs> no, that's true. Love this film. I own it twice on Blu-ray. I won't go that far. Because <laughs> <laughs> I picked up the British edition because there wasn't one over here, and then later on they brought one out over here that has a couple of interviews and stuff on it. So I bought that one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes you pretty much said everything it's a, it's a fun film it's funny sometimes I get annoyed by the uh, have you seen my baby music mm-hmm. and then other times I hardly notice it, it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. so I don't know uh, I find Biggles uh, the actor Neil Dixon to be great as Biggles, I think he personifies the character very well I'm not too concerned about Alex High White's lack of acting ability that you seem to fixate on Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really concern me that much. Like you said, it's Biggles' film, not his, to me anyway. What
1: what do you think, just as an aside, because we always do this kind of thing, what would you say, um, do you think of of Dixon as Bond? Do you think he could have been up there?
0: Oh, I guess he could be, yeah. I mean, Mm. I I thought of Timothy Dalton playing Biggles, so why couldn't Mm -hmm. it be the other way around? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I could see it. I could see see
0: that. Yeah, I get annoyed by Jock. He's an annoying character. I know he's supposed to be, but it, there's a there's a line I find in films where a character can be annoying to those people in the film, but mm-hmm. then if they cross over the line where they become annoying to the audience like me, mm-hmm. then I have trouble with. And he comes very close to becoming irritating.
1: We we we've, we've done this before, haven't we? We've had this. I seem to remember you telling me this before with something else that we've okay. covered.
0: All right. So yeah, mm-hmm. Francesco Goncha fantastic mm-hmm. um, so for me it's an even massiver hit
1: massiver <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a big
0: hit for me as well excellent yeah there so we go biggles invention time Auto a crap what great
1: so, that that was an hour of us fan wanking over uh, biggles
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much so what are we doing next time? Yeah, and our next podcast, we're going to be doing Under Siege.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Seriously? <clears throat> I, I sold that line, didn't I?
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Very convincing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's as convincing as Alex Hyde-White in Biggles. <laughs> it
0: was that good.
1: It's actually um, a listener request, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it Under is. Siege. That's true. It is. See, we did do them occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. So, uh, join us in our next podcast for the fantastic Stephen Seagal film, Under Siege. And if you would like to suggest the film, then you can send us an email at retrospection at You can also find us on Twitter at Retrospecky, and you can find us on Facebook as well. You can also check out our Spotify playlist that contains all the themes and uh, songs from the films and TV shows that we've reviewed. And also, if you would, if you can you would like to subscribe to the podcast or at least pay some money so that keeps Paul out of therapy, (laughs) then you can donate a dollar a month through patreon.com forward slash retrospection. Thank you very much for downloading and listening. We really appreciate it. Until next time, goodbye. Bye.